Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special episode 200 of We Podcast and We Know Things, where we recap all of the week's nerdy news. My name is Greg Hall, and alongside of me, as almost always, one of my oldest best friends in the entire world and the best damn voice in the business, Sam Matura. Did you, Cheers, brother. Did you, did you crack a beer? Cheers, brother. We made it. Good for you, man. Good for you. We did make it. He cracked a beer or he cracked a champagne. I don't know. We're not together. Or it could be liquid death. We have no idea. Oh, Mara. <laughs> I know we've been up around for a while, but now we're going back into the archives. Yeah, sometimes you got to think back every now and then. Maybe it was a loot crate box. Who knows? Oh my goodness gracious, everybody. Thank you so much for being with us tonight on our 200th journey into the abyss, where we're going to give you a recap of everything that happened in the nerdy world. But this week, a little different because we're going to be previewing something happening in the nerdy world this weekend. So, of course, we'll cover it all in episode 201. Can't think of another way to go into a new century of episodes. But but we, we got a lot planned for you tonight. Picks of the week, as always. Got trivia. Trivia can be won on our 200th episode. Um, it's not a hard question for Sam. Nah, so. I, gave you a sl- I gave you a slam dunk. Don't even sweat. It's going on. It's going on next week. Don't put the pressure, man. No, no, Greg, I'm telling you, slam dunk. We're going to switch up the cadence tonight where we've started with gaming so often lately, but not tonight. Give me a break. You're working me too hard. (laughs) Not not tonight. We're going to start off previewing the DC Fandome event happening this weekend. So the people that listen to this podcast early will get the benefit of the preview, whereas if you listen on Saturday or after, which is a – don't get me wrong, a large portion of the audience does not listen to it day one. Um, you're going to hear it, you know, a preview for something that's currently happening or has already happened. So just stick in there for episode 201 where we do the recap. Somebody had asked us to do a bonus episode strictly for that coverage. The only reason we can't is because I can't dedicate my entire Saturday to watching it. So if I could. Now, like, I don't even know if, if, if I can. Like, we need that extra time to watch it while we can because you only get 24 hours. So Yeah, I'm, I'm going to basically know. just spend my Saturday night after my kid goes to bed just watching everything I missed. So Yeah, we did save it for 201. <laughs> they can be patient. No. Yeah. Looking very forward to that uh, for the DC Fandome. Then we're going to go to movies where I'll take the, the hosting duties there and uh, some really big news there. Also into television, oh, yeah. and Sam will take over for gaming before he gives his CGC spotlight of the week, and we will get on out of here. You know, a lot of people, Sam, they decided to do this big thing for, you know, a milestone episode, but given the circumstances of the world, we kind of can't right now. We can't do a location episode. We can't do an episode together. We can't. No, we still can't do shit. We no. can't have a third co-host right now. So it, it's a lot. But at the same time, having the two of us just do a standard good old-fashioned episode of the show together for episode 200, I couldn't ask for anything more, friend. I I mean, of course I can't say any better. I'm just glad that we're still able to do it, even though it's remotely, it's over the phone. The quality may not be as good as it was when I'm there, but, you know, it's better than nothing. Yeah, I'd like to think that the quality definitely is still good. I've heard some 
podcast since the pandemic started where the folks on the phone just sound like they're in a bubble or in yeah. a room full of aluminum foil. So uh, I, I'm happy to, to, you know, that we're really meticulous about our sound quality. Uh, maybe not the words that come out of our mouths because they can be dumb at times, but definitely the way they sound is, nah, is, nah, you, is you, good. You, you, you do work. You're all right. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Uh, let's start, as always, with our picks of the week. And and I got to be, you know, I got to right off the bat. It's got to be Stargirl. I, I think that's the one new show that I think everyone who likes, whether it's DC or Marvel, I feel like you have to watch this show. Um, I, I feel like it's it's on the level like like how when Swamp Thing came out. I, I felt like everyone should see Swamp Thing. I thought it was that good. I thought Brett, Brett Bassinger, she plays Courtney Whitmore. I never seen her in anything. So to me to see her something new, like a new character coming out live action. I thought that was great. I thought she mixed well with the cast. It was good. To, it was cool to know that Lou Fregno had a son who became an actor. That That's kind of cool. And now he's our man. Like, that's great. I got past Luke Wilson being in the show. I didn't think I was going to get past because, let's face it, it's Luke Wilson. But I thought he was great as Pat Dugan. And I, I kind of can't wait what they do with season two, setting up for the big characters. I think it's a show to watch. It's, you know, uh, DC Universe may not be there, but it's now on CW. So I think that'll be better for everyone. You don't have to pay an 8 $9 fee. So if you have time, there's only 13 episodes. Check it out. I think it's on CW. If not, or, or still in the DC Universe, go watch it there. And uh, HBO Max, it'll come to. Boom, yeah, there you go. Yeah, and we'll talk about that in the television section because it's not the only show that is and will be on HBO Max. But uh, yeah, Starker was phenomenal the first season. We, we did a review of it. It was last week or the week before that, so there's not too much to add to the fact that it's just a really solid show that I think snuck up on a lot of people and was just – it was better than people had anticipated because I wrote this one off. And I, I, I mean, I think I said in the beginning, I wasn't expecting months and it kind of blew me away. And I was like, right, you got to get all this. You're like, Dave, you're right. It, yeah. This is actually really good. Yeah. I think part of it was a pandemic, like not much Could to be. watch. And part of it was just looking for a new superhero show. And then part of it was your recommendation. I think it just all of it hit at the right time. And, and it just turned out to be a really good show. And for somebody who knew nothing about anyone in that show, I now know a lot more about those characters and heroes that, uh, they did a really good job portraying them. I still don't like some of the costumes, but you, I mean, well, it's kind of to be expected, but I'm just glad to hear that you're like a DC show. So yeah, I'll, I'll take that as a win. It's really, really good. My pick of the week is another Netflix original series. This one only has one season came out this year. It is in my running for top three shows of the year. Don't think it will make the cut, but it has a chance to sneak in the number three. It really depends on the boys. Um, right now, it's it's past Umbrella Academy. That really, oh, you already know the boys is already in your top thirty. Like I don't know because I was looking forward to the Umbrella Academy, and those last few episodes really, really fell off a cliff for me. Um, oh, interesting. So I I loved the first half of that season, and the second half just didn't do it at all. And I think that's a disappointment for me right now. I won't call it the worst, but I will call it one of the more disappointing things that I was Ooh. looking forward to. So this show is past it. And it's it's not a superhero show. It's not you know your typical kind of Netflix you know deal. It's it's somewhere in the thirty to forty minute range per episode. It's called Never Have I Ever. Uh, really, really, really good show about again. I, I don't know why I I don't know why I like this genre the what like as much as I do. But it's another kind of like high school teen angst shit, and I don't know why. I guess I was. 
because I was such an angsty teen. I just really like reliving no, it's high school. Gotta be it. It's gotta be it. It's the only reason. I, I just love reliving high school and I love making fun of actors that are clearly not in high school playing high school parts. Uh, but it's about a girl who loses her dad. Um, not a spoiler happens literally right away. Um, she goes in the shock has a, is like in a coma and can't use her legs for months and then has to go back to school and deal with that all while being um, an immigrant. So it's really, really, really good. She's surrounded by a couple of friends. They get into semantics, some hijinks. And it was just cool because it had a really good story. There were some twists and turns along the way. It's pretty damn funny, too. And it actually taught me a lot about Indian culture. Um, and, and I appreciated that. So it was a really, really fun show. I can't recommend it enough. It's called Never Have I Ever on Netflix. Check it out. Uh, before we go into trivia and Sam takes the title, because that's my prediction. Now, I gave you a slam dunk, Craig. I know you know this answer. My You're prediction. Welcome. My prediction. Um, I just want to give another quick shout out. We, I feel like we shout him out every week, but M. Cassini, um, our friend, he just continues to support the show and did so yet again the day we record this show. So uh, August 20th. We're here at 7.55 p.m. Eastern time. But a couple hours ago, Mike shot us a message with another piece of support congratulating us on 200. And I just wanted to say thanks again for your contributions, your uh, just overarching support. And we really appreciate you. Yeah, of course. You know, Mike, you're the man. You, you've stuck with us from the beginning for to be here from, I don't know, I think you said 60 or 70. He started 71, to be I on think. For 200, Mike, cheers. Yeah. I'm going to give you your question first. That way you have a chance to think you've won, but then nah, I have a chance I, to nah, come back. I know I didn't win, but I'll take it. I'll, <laughs> I see your heads out. How many total bonus episodes do we have? I have no, <laughs> I have no idea. Um, let, me, let me hear what you got. I, I really don't know. 39, 43, 45. Or 47. Wow. I'll go with 43. 45. Mm, I, I should have went on my gut. God damn it. 45. Total bonus episodes we've done. That just means that we have 245 episodes of our show out in the ether. 244 if you don't count the We Pod uh, Squad takeover episode that Ryan and Sean did, but I personally count that uh, because they did talk about the nerdy news, so I'll count that one. No, that's but fine. That's fine. No, I'll, I'll take it. Hundred forty-five. To, to not not a song up at eleven, Greg. Here you go. When in development, what was Sonic called? What? When in development, what was Sonic called? I need the answers. I don't know. Oh, you don't really don't know? No. All right, all right. A, Mr. Needlemouse. B, Blue Blur. C, Rushing Rat. D, Speedy. Can you give me the, uh, them again? A, Mr. Needlemouse. B, Blue Blur. Blue Blur. C, Rushing Rat. D, Speedy. I, 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 for some reason, I was like, I got this one. Let's keep, let's keep it close. No, I don't have that one. Blue blur is what he's called. Um, like normally. And the one that stuck out to me the most, because I've called him this in the past is needle mouse. So I'm going to go with that. Correct. Mr. Needle mouse. Cool. So that's what now? 10, 11 Ele- to 10, 11, 10.5. So at least you got something. 
11. I knew you I knew you get it. I just yeah. felt it. Yeah, the speedy was not happening. That that one was that's just a little yeah. silly. So you never know. All right, Project Needle Mouse. I, I, I thought Russian Rat was silly. <laughs> Mr. Needle Mouse. What is it? Was it Russian? Oh, rushing, Russian, like speed. Got it. Yes, rushing Rat. I thought you said Russian. It's like no. he was developed at Sega, not a vodka company. Nope, Russian Rat. All right, so we got eleven for you, ten point five for me. As I as we head into our big giant preview of the DC Fandom event. As a matter of fact. I have the schedule as we are just as the time of this recording. We are just one day, 17 hours and 37 seconds away from the event. 24 hours only free for fans. Let's go ahead and check out what's coming up. So let me just pull up the schedule really quick. Sam, Before as I'm doing that, talk to us about your hype level for this event. I mean, we already know that it's not going to be all in one day, which I think is a great move. It gives us more time to watch. You know, they only give us 24 hours to watch everything. You know, you're dropping all this news, and after it's, you know, you're saying 24 hours, it's gone. Like, I, I want to make sure I see all this. So, I, I mean, just, come on. We're getting Batman. You know, we're getting Zack Snyder finally after three years of this petition. All this waiting, is it going to happen? We're finally getting a trailer. He gave us a little teaser. We got a little, a little nugget, and we already seen a difference from his vision and Josh Whedon's. So, and I, I think that Justice League, right, this movie is going to get some redemption. Hey, listen, overall, this event came out of nowhere. It was announced like two months ago, so it felt like it was a really long wait. And now when they released that schedule, you're dropping bombs all over the place. And I think that it needed to be cut in two. So the second one that they're doing is going to be September 12th. They've taken out a lot of things and moved it to September 12th, but they've kept basically all the big stuff. They've added in, they've added in everything we want to hear. Right. They added in the flash. I think they even added in Titans. I don't remember seeing that in the first go around, but now it's in there. So like I, uh, they like, like you, you see all these times like, well, I got to see this. Well, I have to see this. Right. That's okay. Well, I guess I'm going to be sitting on the computer for eight hours. And uh, you know, and, and, all the things that like we really, really want to see, we're still going to see on this, on like the first one, Good. which is really cool. So with that being said, we're both super hyped for this event. Our top three is going to revolve around the event and the top three things we're most hyped about. When we go through, we're going to go through everything here, all the panels, all the announcements. And then when we're done, we'll recap with our top three for the evening. Let's start out with what to expect Saturday, August 22nd, 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, the panel for Wonder Woman 1984. What are we getting? I mean, I, I, I guess, what, they had to give us a first look at Cheetah. I mean, I, I think we waited long enough. The movie was supposed to have been out, of course, in COVID. But I think they're going to show us Cheetah here, a new clip or whatever. But I would imagine that's at least we're going to get from that. We got, I, I mean, I know we got the still shot already. But we're going to get an action shot. But we're going to probably get an action shot, yeah. Full costume, full everything, a full scene. I'm thinking they may even give us, like, instead of a trailer, they might just give us a clip, like a full, like, minute and a half No, no, that's what I'm saying. They might say a scene. Yeah. Because the movie, like you said, was already supposed to be out. So I don't know if a trailer could even be as effective as, hey, let's just show them two minutes, whet their appetites, and kick this thing off with a bang. 
I think putting Wonder Woman 1984 first for a movie that should have been out in June. Oh, it's perfect. I think that's the perfect lead to this. Uh, yeah, perfect. because it's not a brand new thing. So people aren't going to miss it because inevitably people are just going to miss the first thing at all. People just come in late to things. So you're putting in a movie that should have already been out, a really hype up movie, a really, you know, I didn't love the first Wonder Woman movie, but I'm going to watch the second one because obviously I am. Um, it's It's got a lot of people talking and wondering, you know, what, like you said, what does Cheetah look like? How does the, you know, Chris Pine, does he make an appearance after what happened in the first one? And if he does, how in what context is it a flashback because it takes place in 84 that's probably how it happens so looking forward to that in the hall of heroes at one o'clock on saturday um would you prefer a clip to a trailer at this point or do you think a trailer is enough to get you ready yeah I'm, i mean i think either or i'm gonna take because like i said like i already expected wonder woman i already think it's going to be a good movie i like gal um, I'm, I'm, I'm just really curious what Cheetah looks like. That's, I think that's the only curiosity I have going towards that movie. Is like, I want to see an action. Let me see what the CGI looks like. Let me see what's going on. I'm surprised then, that, you, that you don't feel that way about Chris Pine's character and how he's going to fit into the story. I mean, it's, it's just Steve Trevor. I mean, that's all it is. I mean, you know, it's I like Chris Pine, but just you know, for Wonder Woman, I don't know. It's just it's not going to do me nothing. Like, it's yeah. cool to see him back, but it's not his movie, right? So. You know? uh, this is a Wonder Woman flick, so yeah. And I, I really do like Gail in the role. I think she's she's a really good actress. Yeah, she's great. She's great. Yeah, and she does make a really good Wonder Woman, so I am excited. I am more excited for this than I than I would have thought not liking the first movie really at all. But That's I'm, good to hear. I am excited for this movie, and it's not because there's no movies coming out. It's just strictly because I think I'm intrigued. I, I always am intrigued until I see the footage which is why I'm out on Black Widow, which is why I'm out on a couple of other projects coming up that Marvel has coming out and and even DC to an extent, but we'll talk about that. But we got to see New Mutants. Next. Oh, God. That's out. That's, uh, no, that's it. no, we have to say, I don't care. That's it. Warner we, have, Bro- we have to review it. Warner Brothers Games Montreal will make their announcement next at 1.25 p.m. So we're only getting about a 20-minute panel here for Wonder Woman. It looks like it's only going to be about 20 minutes for these things. Uh, maybe Perfect. even Perfect. maybe even less. But Warner Brothers Games, their Montreal Division announcement, we're getting the next Batman game, potentially an Arkham game, potentially a new uh, Batman franchise. But at the end of the day, it all looks to be pointing to the Court of Owls. Uh, and uh, I would imagine it will be on next gen and current gen. They've been working on it for a long time. I'd like to hope that. But... What do you think about the Court of Owls potential announcement here? Can't wait. This is a must watch. Um, I know where I'll be Saturday, one o'clock. I'm going to start with Wonder Woman. Then I'm I'm going in for this game because if it's Batman Court of Owls, yes, it's been long rumored. I, I feel like it's been forever since I kicked some ass in a Batman game. If it comes for PS4, excellent. I'll get it. If it comes for PS5, shit, I'll get it both. I don't give a shit. I just know that I have to see what they got cooking for Batman. I am. I really hope they just call the game Batman court of owls. Like if it's another Arkham game, great. I feel like Arkham is more rock steady's um, kind of franchise. I know that WB Montreal did origins and that's in the Arkham franchise, but I, I almost kind of would like to retire. It's been five years. I'm kind of okay with just putting Arkham to bed and starting a new Batman game. franchise. I don't give a shit if it's just called Batman. 
Right. Yeah, I know. Right. We're already getting a movie just called the Batman. So why not? Why not get a no, game like, tie in? Yeah, dude, I, at this point, you know, they, they can call it, you know, the Dark Knight legend. Like, look at any comic. I, I don't care. Just 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 show me something. I, I you said five years. I'm like, yeah, you're right. It, it probably does feel five years. Batman and the Hoot Hoot people. There you go. Owls. I'll make- ta- I'll, 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 guess what? I'm still going to pre-order it. <laughs> All right. Uh, from there, we're getting a panel on the Sandman universe. Enter the Dreaming. It's a panel at 1.45, so 20 minutes after the announcement for the game. So the game announcement looks to probably be only 10, maybe 15 minutes. Give themselves five minutes between panels. Um, that's that's my guess is that it'll, it'll be about five-minute break between panels. Um, the Sandman universe, Enter the Dreaming. Not 100% sure what that's all about, but what it says for like – the episode, or not the episode, the uh, the panel uh, description is Neil Gaiman, uh, Neil Gaiman, whatever, Dark Dirk, Dirk Mags, G. Willow Wilson, and Michael Sheen discuss the legacy of the Sandman comic book series and how it was, has been expanded with new stories, adapted into new mediums, and enthralled on audiences around the world. 30 minutes. Okay, so it actually does give... A time. Like, I, I like I like Michael Sheen. He's a good actor. Yeah, it does give a time, and the next thing is a two fifteen, which is thirty minutes uh, right after that. So I wonder if they're just gonna go boom, 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 panel, 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 and not give you any filler or any time. I almost would have liked a five minute buffer, but uh, Michael Sheen, you said good actor, but what about the Sandman? Is this a character you're interested in? I mean, it, it's a character that I actually I, I don't know too much about, to be honest. So like, I'm kind of interested. So I'd be interested to see what they show and if it, you know. Mm-hmm. keeps my attention if not that's the half hour i go grab grab lunch <laughs> that's that's where i'm at on that one too uh the multiverse 101 panel starting at 215 gets schooled in this engaging refresher course on the creation of the multiverse with dc chief creative officer and publisher jim lee who i believe made a pretty sick piece of art today on the batman was that him same yeah, guy. He, yeah, Jim Lee's the name. Yeah. He's a legend. Warner Brothers pre, uh, Pictures president of DC-based film production. That's a really – I'm going to read that job description or title one more time. The Warner Brothers picture president of DC-based film production, Walter Hamada. <laughs> wow. Walter's got himself a great business card. I'll tell you that. And Berlanti <laughs> Productions founder and DC mega producer Greg Berlanti. So they're going to go over how this whole and, multiverse and, is and, and Jim Lee's going to be talking? Yes. Uh, this is a must watch for any for anybody. This, this is going to be a cool moment. So Half for those. For, yeah. For those who don't know Jim Lee, let us know who he is. Who is that? I mean, I, th- I think everyone knows Jim Jim Lee, the artist. I mean, from Marvel to DC, you really know him from X-Men, Wolverine to Batman. Jim Lee is the man over at DC. Mm-hmm. This, is, this, is, this is a must watch 30 minutes. Huh. So that one's 30 I mean, minutes. Multi, I mean, especially multi, multiverse is so confusing. So like, especially if you're not familiar with the comics and to, to be schooled on it by whether it's Greg Berlanti and Jim Lee, like you're being schooled by the best. I mean, that would be the teacher I would want to learn by. So even for me, it's, it's a nice little refresher. I mean, I know about the multiverse and time travel and Barry Allen and all that, but to get it, you know, retaught for a half hour, dude, I'm in. It says 30 minutes on there, which would take us to 245, but the next panel is at 240. So I wonder if they're just throwing a half hour timestamp on all of them just to say it. I don't know that what yeah. that's going to look like because they all are from the Hall of Heroes to watch it. So I I don't know if there's going to be multiple streams going on. I imagine there is. So maybe the, the panels are overlap a little bit because they are just packing so much stuff into this block of time, into this one day. 
Uh, but after that, you're getting the introducing flash panel at 240. This 101 style conversation. So again, introduction. 101 means the very basics. So you're getting the basics of the flash with the filmmaker Andy Muschiati and Barbara Muschiati, star Ezra Miller, and screenwriter Christina Hodson. They will give fans a speedy rundown of the first ever Flash feature film, and it's only 10 minutes. I would not expect anything in the form of a tease or a trailer just because it's A, it's 10 minutes, and B, they're still casting. They haven't begun shooting really yet, so I don't think I would expect much. And they're giving a speed run of it in 10 minutes. I like that they're giving this 10 minutes and it's the flash. So it's fast, kind of cool in the motif there. But we're getting the director. We're getting the star. We're getting a lot of good stuff here. No, in and, 10 and, and that's it. We, I'm just happy we have a director. Ezra's still attached because I know that was a question for a while. Um, it's good to have that 10 minutes. They're going to talk about, I guess, their plan for the film. Maybe, I guess, they might touch on, maybe they mention um, Michael Keaton, you know, and they mention, you know, um, ben Affleck, you know, wh- whatever they mentioned, ten minutes to, to just keep you engaged, to keep just keep the movie alive, to keep the spark going per se, and you know that's it. Ten minutes, that's perfect. I'm there. The Beyond Batman is the next panel. It's at two fifty. It's only five minutes, so we're getting a very quick panel here. The Batman of the swinging '60s culture clashes with the Batman of the far-flung future when uh, Batman Beyond and his old mentor, I'm sorry, and his mentor, old Bruce Wayne, intercept a broadcast of the 1966 Batman TV show. So it looks like we're going to get a little short pre-recorded vignette here of of Batman Beyond picking up a signal from a 1966 Batman and watching it and reacting to it. That spells fun to me. Yeah, it definitely sounds like fun. It's it's different. It's out there. And five minutes, I'm there. I'll the, definitely check it out. What I think this kind of does is I think it breaks up the panel feel. I think it breaks up the lecture, being kind of lectured to. Uh, and it kind of does a really nice job of introducing the next thing, which is a big one that we'll talk about here in a sec. But I really think that this serves as just a nice palate cleanser, like the goldfish after the wine. I'm in. I I hope Will Friedel is the voice of Batman Beyond. If it's that, then it's all me. They can show me anything they want in this fandom. It's great. Next, 255, so right after Beyond Batman. The Suicide Squad gets its panel. It's time in the sun for 30 minutes. What else would you expect from the Suicide Squad but the ultimate elimination game? First up... Writer-director James Gunn takes on fan questions, then brings out Task Force X for a fast-paced, no-holds-barred squad showdown that tests every team member's squad knowledge and survival skills. And they've been teasing it on Instagram and kind of all of them on the Zoom call or team, whatever they used, and it it looks like it's going to be a blast. For 30 minutes, I imagine we're getting a trailer. We're going to get a tease. We're going to finally get to see some people in action and, you know, possibly John Cena or whatever they decide to show. And I think this is going to be a fun 30 minutes and hopefully we'll get an awesome trail. Yeah, this doesn't seem like the normal tra- uh, the normal panel. I mean, if they're going to be doing a Q&A with the audience, that's great. That happens in a lot of panels. But to then have like a survival trivia style fun game with your panelists as opposed to just talking, I think that's got a lot of legs to it. I think it's very James Gunn. I think it's very Suicide Squad to do that. I also do feel like now you mentioned a tease and teaser there, or I'm sorry, a tease a trailer. There are, there are two different things, a full fledged trailer and a teaser. Which do you think is the more reality? Like the 
30-second tease or maybe no, the 60 or 90-second trailer? We better get a 90-second trailer. He, the film has been done for freaking months. You've been just working on it. I think he's been had a trailer sitting there already. Yeah, you think so? 100%. No doubt. After the Suicide Squad, we're getting the boss... B-A-W-S-E, maybe boss, boss, female of color within the DC Universe panel at 3.40. This will be 20 minutes. What's a boss? Find out here as some of the hottest actresses across DC television and film sit down with celebrity DJ D-Nice and Grammy-winning singer and actress Estelle to discuss how they use their confidence and vulnerability to navigate their careers in Hollywood. Panelists include Megan Good from Shazam!, uh, Yavicia Leslie from Batwoman, Candace Patton from The Flash, Tala Ashi from DC's Legends of Tomorrow, Nafessa Williams and Chantal Thoy or Thuy from Black Lightning, and Anna Doip and Damaris Lewis from Titans, or maybe Diop, Anna Diop. Catch the entire full length conversation at McDuffie's Dakota in the DC Watchverse, 20 minutes long. I mean, that's, that's pretty cool to have all, all the females kind of stand up for that. Like, you, you can respect that cause. Legacy of the Bat is next. The panel comes at 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Calling all Batman fans, don't miss this discussion on the wide scope of the Batman universe, including the Batman family of characters. Key talent from comics, TV, and games will provide insight into the world of the Cape Crusader in just 15 minutes. I mean, it's, it's always get a good get a good refresher to kind of see where you came from, what versions they show. So a little history. As a Batman fan, you know I got to watch it. A little history lesson for those who of course. may not know the Batman as well as you do. You can't do. go wrong. No, I, I think it's just, again, it's one of those palate cleansers. It's it's not just panel, 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 panel. It's, okay, here's some educational stuff. Yeah, be a brief for a little book is get hyped for what's next. For real. Uh, Chris Daughtry will then perform at 420, the Grammy nominee, multi-platform recording artist and huge DC superfan and comic book artist. Chris Daughtry delivers a solo acoustic performance of Waiting for Superman. No, not that Superman song. A song inspired by the Man of Steel himself. Uh, that was the lead single from his band Daughtry's 2013 album, Baptize. His special DC fandom performance will also feature an exclusive full band performance of a brand new song, World on Fire. I mean, there you go. I thought, I, thought, I think he was on like American Idol years ago. Daughtry's you know, he's got not a good my, voice. Yeah, not my thing, though. Daughtry's not my thing. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's got a couple good good songs, but hey, we could sit through a couple songs. We'll the, right. the Joker put on a happy face at 4.30. Another five-minute, what looks to be another vignette um, and or another just quick history lesson. Featuring uh, interviews with filmmakers and industry legends, discover the origins and evolution of the Joker and learn why the clown prince of crime is universally hailed as the greatest comic book supervillain of all time in just five minutes. As long as Mark Hamill's included there, I'm happy. I feel like it's I feel like I'm reading off the schedule for a GDQ. In five minutes, they're going to do this panel. And in just 30 yeah, no, minutes, right? they're going to well, do I this mean, panel. I mean, to me, any Joker fan, Batman fan, I, I think you're going to want to hear that. Sh- but to me, there is no Joker without Mark Hamill's Joker period. Shout out to SGDQ happening as we record this. I've watched exactly four runs all week, and I'm slacking. So looking forward to catching those VODs. 
Jim Lee Portfolio Review DC Supervillain Fan Art at 435 for 10 minutes. World-renowned comics artist and DC Chief Creative Officer and Publisher Jim Lee turns his keen eye on fan-submitted art that focuses on all of DC's supervillains. So uh, I'm sure that uh, they've scoured Instagram for some really cool art. Yeah, and then there's trust me, there's a lot of talented people. I wonder if he's going to show the, uh, you know, he pledged that he's going to do 60 days, 60 sketches. Yeah, he missed a day's mark, but he might show like all the sketches that he's done, and he's come up with some amazing work. But for him to judge, you know, kids or men, women, whoever said it in artwork, I think it's pretty cool. It's, it's only like cool. 10 minutes, so I imagine it'll be mostly dedicated to the fan art. That's my that's my hey, guess. That's that's still awesome though. Yeah, at 4:45 for all you comic fans. No, non-movie, non-TV. This one's for the comic lovers. A surprise DC Comics panel at 4.45 for 20 minutes. No other information available. They're keeping this one tight to the vest. I wonder what we can expect. This is going to be a big 20 minutes because, you know, DC just, you know, decimated their their staff. They they X'd titles of comics. So they got a, you know, some explaining to do or some kind of plan of, you know, of what they did because, you know, people lost jobs and, they, you know, they kind of shook up the, the comic industry a little bit. You know, a lot of chatter was on Instagram. People were like, what the hell is DC doing? So I, I'm kind of curious to see what, what they got to say. Yeah, I noticed that they, I believe they even got rid of their editor-in-chief or, or lead editor as well. So a lot of staff, people, and titles. So, you know, I'm interested to see what DC has to say and, and what they're going to go from there. DC, you got a lot of spinning to do. Yeah, exactly. This next one speaks directly to you, Sam. Directly to you. And it's just, oh, yeah. in, just in time for dinner. 5, 10 p.m. Eastern time. I'm Batman, the voices behind the cowl, the panel. For 20 minutes, everyone has their favorite Batman. But for audiences around the world, their favorite Batman has a local sound. It's time to meet the voices behind the cowl. Hear what it's like to be one of the many global voice actors portraying the Dark Knight when the super dubbers who lend their talents to the Cape Crusader on screens big and small all over the world, not just in English, come together for the first time ever. It'll be in multiple languages with English subtitles only. So... Uh, for the non-English speakers, it will not have other subtitles. It looks like it'll be just English subtitles. But still, we're going to get a lot of different Batman voices from around the world, not just the ones we're familiar with. So the Russian dub, the Mexican, you know, the Spanish dub, the the German dub, whatever. No, I, well, what a great idea to kind of bring the entire cast, like you said, around the world. Of course, dude, the one that speaks to us is Kevin Conroy. You know, if it's Batman the voice, it's... It's not a Batman panel without Kevin Conroy. I don't give a shit what anyone says. <laughs> so just to get him, I, I would imagine maybe Wolf Friedel will be there since he was Batman Beyond. Mm-hmm. So uh, that'd be cool to get him as a nice surprise. And I know there was quite a few actors that have played Bruce Wayne Batman. So that's 20 minutes. I, I can't wait to watch. Well, it leads into your the next one at 530. We can go really quickly past this one. Uh, the Snyder yeah. Cut. Yeah. <laughs> The Snyder Cut of Justice League panel. Now, what's interesting here is the film is being dubbed as Zack Snyder's Justice League, not the Snyder Cut so much. But this panel, the official DC fandom panel, it's called the Snyder Cut of Justice League panel. Now, I think that's because that's how most fans respond to it. So even the casuals can say, oh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, what's that? Oh, no, the Snyder Cut, hell yeah, gotta watch that. 
Yeah, no, ex- exactly. That term has been branded for three years now, and it's it's, it's branded. That'll be at 5.30 p.m. Eastern time. Again, the Snyder Cut of Justice League panel. Zack Snyder fields questions from fans and a few surprise guests as he discusses his eagerly awaited upcoming cut of the 2017 feature film and the movement that made it happen, which is really cool. That's going to be super interesting. It's 25 minutes, so it's not the longest panel of the day. I was was hoping for 30. Not the longest panel of the day, but we got a teaser for the Justice League today. We're going to get a full trailer, are we not? Oh, I think we have to get a trailer. The little teaser they gave, I already see the difference, feel the difference. I already feel it's going to be a different tone. It's going to be a completely different movie. And I think this is going to change the entire perception of Justice League. It's going to win back faith in Zack Snyder, Ben Affleck as Batman, because he kind of got, I would say, shit on the most throughout the whole film. And kind of, you know, hopefully flesh out a, a better villain than what was shown previously. You don't think Henry got more brunt, even though it wasn't him who? Oh, well, 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 and and the mustache. I I guess you you can't. Which is a little bit of with that criticism, a little unfair because it's not like he made those special effects like that. He wasn't in there making his lip look terrible. I I, I don't give a shit. If I'm a director, I'm like, there's no way I can I can show that film with my name on it. I mean, I mean, that's just me. If I'm a director, I'm like, that's how you start a film. No, in absolutely no way. The Flash TV panel comes after that at five. 54 so set your watches 5:54 p.m. Uh, this one's 15 minutes executive producer Eric Wallace joins cast members Grant Gustin, Candace Patton, Danielle Panabaker, Carlos Valdez, Danielle Nicolette, Kayla Compton and Brandon McKnight all this in just 15 minutes to discuss all things Flash with Entertainment Weekly's Chancellor Agard. Team Flash will break down both parts of Season 6 and look ahead at what is to come with an exclusive trailer. This is the first time for the entire schedule rundown that we've been guaranteed a trailer in the description, so make note of that for Season 7. Fans will also get a look at the exclusive black and white noir episode, Kiss Kiss Breach Breach, which will be available on the Flash Season 6 Blu-ray and DVD August 25th. No, and that's good to see that the whole cast is coming out for The Flash. 15 minutes um, is not a lot of time for that, though. No, it's not. but And it's good that, you know, we didn't get to see the true season finale of season six. So we saw, like, I think we missed the last two or three episodes. So it's good to kind of see them explain it, what's kind of to come. And you know, we're basically going to see, like, the finale in the beginning. And then we're going to, you know, jump into where they were going with seven. But it's good to see that, you know, they... And there was a mishap. I know the guy that played Elongated Man, I know he basically got fired from the show. He said something on Twitter. I forget what it was, but they let go of him. It's a shame because I liked him. And they got to kind of, you know, figure something out now with storyline-wise and weave that all together. So I'm interested to see what they show here. A later addition to the show, and a really, really cool one comes next, next at 6.10 p.m. Eastern Time. The Black Adam panel... Hello. Now, it's only 15 minutes, but this description has me hype. Star of the first ever Black Adam feature film, Dwayne Johnson, sets the stage for the story and tone of the new movie with a fan's first Q&A and a few surprises. And, I do, you know, you know and I know anything with The Rock, you got to watch because it seems everything he touches is, is fantastic. I think he can do no wrong right now. With his tequila line and 
you know, whatever of his pancakes he makes a gazillion money, his movies, his weights, his clothes, everything he touches, it just makes money. So I think he's the best one to portray Black Adam. And I'm here for any surprise you want to give, any casting, whether characters are going to be in the film. There's no way, there's no trailer, there's nothing like that. But it'd be cool to see if maybe he had a suit or something. That would be sweet, but I'll take 15 minutes, like you said. I'm there. So not even like a 30-second thing? Not even a little tease? I, I, I don't expect anything. If anything, it's him in a costume. Yeah, that's what um, I'm thinking is it's just like a that, pan. That, that's the most. That's the most you can get out of this. It's just going to be him hyping up what he expects, what he's going to bring to it, what he wants from it, maybe who the villain is or is Shazam going to be it or whatever, something like that. Yeah, I can I can see it being like a camera panning slowly and then into the frame steps Dwayne Johnson like, with the I, suit. I you know he wants to to, to, to to Superman. I know he wants Black Adam versus Superman. I, don't, I doubt it's going to happen in the, in the first one, but I can see it's kind of happening in the second one. Maybe the third. Like that seems like a really big ender. Like that's how you end a trilogy. So I don't know. We'll see. CNN Heroes, real life heroes in the age of coronavirus. Saturday, August twenty second at six thirty. This one will be twenty minutes long. While DC features iconic fictional superheroes recognized around the world, CNN Hero shines a light on real life everyday people making a difference in their communities. Now, as the global COVID nineteen pandemic has turned all of our worlds upside down, CNN's Anderson Cooper introduces you to the frontline workers, advocates, neighbors, and friendly strangers who are coming together to help through this crisis. Learn more at CNNHeroes.com. So 20 minutes. I was kind of hoping to stay away from the coronavirus, but I get why they're doing it. No, no but I, I can I appreciate that. They're showing something good, that there's still some good in the world, good people out there doing some good things. So it's something that's okay. I can take a break from negative and everything going away and, and, and something, something positive, something like, okay, okay, I'm here for 20 minutes. Okay. I mean, the only reason this fandom is happening at A, at all, and B, in a digital world is because of the coronavirus. Uh, so I get it. Maybe fandom could have happened this year without it. But again, a lot of this would have been San Diego Comic-Con. So who knows if the no, fandom no, – Without COVID, there's no way we're, we're having fandoms. So I, I, you know, I, I get that they're just they're drawing attention to the reason the event is even happening in the first place. I just would have really liked to not just really just just to fully escape from from coronavirus. I wonder how many times the word coronavirus or COVID or pandemic will be said during the day. Am I over under? I'll set it high. I'll set it at like twenty five and a half. Like I'm pretty high on that. That might even yeah, be underdoing it. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking it on that level, but that's just me. After the CNN uh, Coronavirus Heroes panel, we have the Titans TV panel at 6.50. This is a late addition and something that I'm adding to my schedule, uh, kind of like I said, late in the game. Titans are back, bitches. That phrase kicked off an explosive second season of Titans that culminated with a long-awaited emergence of Nightwing as their leader and the tragic death of one of their own. Thank you for the spoilers. I haven't watched it yet. And as a new mysterious threat looms, season three promises to be the biggest yet. Join ex- uh, executive producer Greg Walker and series stars Brenton Thwaites, Anna, Dua- hey. D- Anna Diop, Tegan Croft, Ryan Potter, Connor Leslie, which is awesome. She's great. Curran Walters, Joshua Orpin, Demarius Lewis, and Alan Richardson, and Minka Kelly, for Dude, a, they got the whole cast. Yep, for a preview of the new season, as well as a discussion 
on the fan favorite moments from the first two seasons. Again, that's a lot of people to shove into a panel that's only going to be 15 minutes. So I don't know if we're getting any footage on season three, but I am almost positive because it's been so long that we're going to get a release date. Yeah, I'm kind of hyped. Like you said, I, I don't remember this being announced. So they definitely, I would say, put this together pretty fast. So it's good to, you know, I we have to use season from season three. Yeah. I think they improved greatly with season two. I could love Deathstroke. I, I thought he was fantastic. Yeah. Hopefully they, I, I want to see more Red Hood. Hopefully we'll get, we'll get to him. I don't know if we'll get to him in season three, but I'm there 50 minutes. You got my attention. I do think we get a release date. Like I said, I don't think we get any actual video stuff, but I think we get a release date. I think it's going to be sooner than we all think. I think it's going to be probably September. I wouldn't be shocked. Oh, that, that's, that's pretty fast. I don't expect it that fast, but that'd be cool. But it's not that fast when season two was what? Last year. Last the, year? the boys are coming out. I'm all right. I'm good. I'll be there for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. That's no, that's a fair point. Titans going up against the boys. Um, but yeah, it's been a while since we've gotten a Titan season. So I, I wouldn't be shocked if it is September, maybe January at the latest. That might yeah, be a that, little that's, bit more. That's, 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 I, I feel like they need a little bit more time, touch a couple things, maybe shoot a couple shots or whatever. Aquaman has a panel at 7.05 p.m. Eastern time. Aquaman director James Wan and King Orm himself, Patrick Wilson, take a deep dive into the world of Atlantis that Wan created, revealing their favorite behind-the-scenes moments from the largest DC movie ever in 10 minutes. I, honestly, I'm actually kind of excited for this. I really love Patrick Wilson, Ocean Master. I thought he was fantastic. I thought Jim uh, James Wan outdid himself. I was not expecting Aquaman. I was not expecting to like Aquaman as much as I did. I hope that you know this means we'll possibly get more of Ocean Master in Aquaman two. Maybe they touch on a sequel or touch on something. But I'm there for it for ten minutes. Hell yeah! This next one seems to be another kind of pre-recorded vignette style to kind of break the ice a little bit, break up the like not monotony, but break up the 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 sameness, if you will, which I think is just a synonym for monotony. Um, this one's called Ask Harley Quinn at seven fifteen. She has gone toe-to-toe with Batman in the Justice League and taken down the Joker and the toughest villains of Gotham City. But at DC Fandom, Harley Quinn faces her toughest challenge yet, answering burning questions from DC's biggest fans in her own no-BS style. If you love the Harley Quinn animated series, this is one you cannot fucking miss. Ten minutes. Oh, that's cool. Let's see what Kayla Coco does. The show got better with time watching it. This will be a fun 10 minutes. Yeah, for sure. And it's going to be pre-recorded. There's not going to be actually like any live question reading or anything like that because it's animated. They have to draw it out. But that's cool that they're going to animate something specifically for this event. That's actually really neat. Yeah, it's awesome. Wonder Woman gets an 80th celebration. So happy birthday to her. Uh, and, and a panel at 720. It's only five minutes, though. As an Amazon and a god, Wonder Woman is truly timeless. So it's hard to believe she's turning 80. Join Wonder Woman 1984 director Patty Jenkins and star Gal Gadot, along with a very special guest. Who knows who that may be? As they re- Carter. I'm sure it is. As they reflect on the character's influence on them personally and look forward to the 2021 celebrations. Five, uh, five minutes. That's a nice, nice little talk for Wonder Woman. We have we have one, two, three, four. Oh, I know we saving it one of the best for last. Let's five. Go. Yeah, we have five left. I'm just going in order here. Five left. Ooh, this one's gonna be good for you. You'll like this one. Tomorrow's superheroes with Jim Lee, brought to you by Goldhouse. Fifteen minutes. DC's chief creative officer and publisher Jim Lee 
joins Bing Chen, founder of the global nonprofit Collective Goldhouse, to discuss the important contributions of Asian artists and writers in comics and comic book-inspired entertainment. 15 minutes. So again, Jim Lee doing his thing to spread inclusivity and all the good things that happen around the world. Yeah, of course, you know, to shine some light on you know any particular artist he can or show 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 anything Jim Lee can do because I, I think Jim Lee is one of, one of the best to do it. And if he can get more people to draw or be artists, go into comics, I think is what he should do. Seven forty p.m. Eastern time, Shazam gets a panel. Zach Levi and the cast can't tell you the something they they blurt out. Sworn to secrecy. On the new script for their upcoming movie, Zach and his fellow Shazam castmates talk with the Philippines' number one DC fan, Gino Quilemar, about what the next movie might be about while commenting on everything from panels to the other Zach's cut and even have a few surprise guests to drop in in just 10 minutes. Uh, it's good to see that the whole cast is going to be there. Like I, I Again, I, I really enjoyed Shazam, another movie that kind of surprised me. Didn't expect to like it like I did. And I uh, we we kind of have an idea of what's going to happen for the sequel of Mr. Mind and Doctor Savanya kind of trying to team up and and capture them to see how they adjust with the family and and see if and when Black Adam shows up. So, yeah, yeah, and I like, think again we're probably not going to get any video stuff on here, but we will get like they said what the film is about. So I, I could see a plot synopsis happening here. Yeah. And I, I, I wouldn't even, it wouldn't even surprise me if the rock kind of like surprised him on a zoom call or something like that. Yeah. The wonder woman, 1984 cast play werewolf, 1984, 22 minutes. Join the cast of wonder woman, 1984 and rooster teeth's Fiona Nova as they play werewolf, 1984, a fun adaptation of a game they played while on set filming the picture can you figure out who the villains are that's at 750 so again breaking up you know the panel yeah, panel ha- panel having a little bit of fun yeah I, I like the cast i like chris pine gale um what's his name um he's playing the villain our boy mandalorian uh, uh, Pedro Esposito? Oh, okay yeah Pedro he's gonna he's gonna be it there also so i think that'll that'll be fun yeah the last two however are just so hype at 8.10 p.m., Saturday, August 22nd, we're getting the reveal of Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League game from Rocksteady Studios. Will Arnett, okay, I'm out. Will Arnett hosts the highly anticipated video game reveal from Rocksteady Studios, creators of the Batman Arkham franchise, 20 minutes long. We are getting uh, I lo- 20 I minutes. I like Will Arnett. Yeah, I do too. He was fun in the Turtles movies. But yeah, this was- is... Something I can't wait for because I love Rocksteady. I love the idea of playing as the Suicide Squad, playing as the villain, and what they can do from a story perspective if you're going to be hunting the Justice League because me thinks they're not going to actually kill the Justice League. That would be really fucked up. But if they do, man, that's going to turn this game even more on its head. How how much are you looking forward to this? No, I, I think this is going to be a blast. I mean, depending what members of the suicide squad you can play and if you can you know go for is it just superman or is it just all the justice league are they going to show his gameplay you know ps4 ps5 you know like of course i want to see what the hell they've been working on i mean this is a game that i i think we're we're definitely going to have to pick up yeah and i would imagine it's the whole justice league superman being you know the 
or at least most of. I don't know, but if you got su- if you got Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman all in the same game, and they're I was just gonna say, there's a lot of people in the Justice League. So maybe a lot of people to take down. Maybe somebody turns like controls their mind and turns them bad, and the Suicide Squad's actually doing a good thing by trying to eradicate, or maybe change them back. And throughout the game, you have to go through and save them all and convert them back to their normal selves, like. I wouldn't be shocked if something like that was the plot. That could be really neat because then you're not actually killing them. You're you're trying to save them, in fact, and you're the anti-hero. I like that idea of playing that. So that'd be a pretty cool thing. Yeah, I mean, regardless, I I just I just want to see some some type of gameplay or some type some type of story. Something show it's, me something. It's been five years. If we don't get any gameplay, and uh, you know they could they're going to do a CG trailer, but if if. If it's not an engine or there's no gameplay, I'll be pretty disappointed because this has been five years cooking. This game's uh, gotta be a, it's gotta be a mid twenty twenty one release. They, you know, six years is even with the pandemic cutting off, you know, a good chunk of time. That's a long time to be working on a game. So I I could see a you know spring twenty twenty one. I hope not holiday because that's still a year and change off. That's a long ways. Uh, and we're gonna end it off at eight thirty p.m. with a panel for just a little film upcoming. It's, you know, it's called The Batman. The Batman filmmaker Matt Reeves joins host and self-professed fangirl Aisha Tyler, who has done a lot of stuff for E3, so a lot of uh, gamers will recognize her, for a discussion for the upcoming film with a surprise or two, in parentheses, whoa-oh, for the fans, 30 minutes. I mean, I I, I think it's, it's very good to hear that we're getting 30 minutes to close it out to dedicate it to... The new Matt Reeves film. I mean, it's kind of been talked about a lot of the Batmobile and, and the suit, and, and you know, can Robert Pattinson pull it off? And I think we have to see something here. I, I mean, I know he had to stop filming. I know that. I think he said he was only like fifty percent done, but I would like to imagine that he has something he could just throw together real quick, just to give give us enough to kind of close out the long, long day that that Saturday is going to be off with a bang. Sam, they wouldn't end the DC fandom on this if we weren't getting a trailer. I think the one final thing of this entire event, they cap it off with a 60-second to 90-second trailer, and I think we end on a positive note. I'm goosebumps just thinking about it, so I I hope that that happens. You're just two sleeps away, my friend, because guess what? It's 8.40 now here as we record this on Thursday night. Oh, it's it's a piece of cake. I, I can't wait. You'll be watching this 48 hours from right now. 48 hours exactly, you'll be watching this. It's a good time to be in there, brother. Now you know how I feel around E3 time. Like, now you know how I feel when they say a Nintendo Direct coming Thursday and it's Tuesday and you got to wait two days. There is so much anticipation anticipation running through the bloodstreams of so many DC fans and comic book fans in general. Hell, I think a lot of folks from Marvel are going to learn a thing or two about this because you don't see this event for Marvel. You do at D23, but that's like... That's a Disney thing. I would love it to see kind of Marvel break off into its own thing. You have Star Wars Day with, um, I can't remember, Star Wars Celebration, I think they call it. You have D23. You have all that stuff. But where's the 24-hour Marvel event? They're going to learn from this. And I'm really, really excited. Uh, Man, this is going to be really hype. But let's get into it, Sam. Run down your top three most anticipated things from DC Fandom. I'm I'm just going to bang up one, two, three, mine. Yeah, go three, two, one. All right, my number three. I had to go with the the, the game, the Montreal game announcement it, to show us a new Batman that I've been waiting for. Possibly Court of Owls. Show me something. Yes, please. I'm all there for it. 
My number two, it, it's got to be the the Nairis Batman. Uh, I, I feel like this is, you know, I love Batman. It's my favorite. Of course, he signed for a trilogy, so you, you want him to be good. You hope it's going to be good. You know it's going to get three. I just hope they show more villains. Hopefully the first one is good. And, of course, no surprise, my number one is Zack Snyder's Connor Justice League. I've been three years, I think. I've, I've almost been on the, the train of, you know, the Snyder cut and what we've seen. I mean, it, it was, you know, I wanted to like it so bad because it's, it's something I grew up watching. I love. I just like I thought it had okay moments. Like I could pick out cool moments, but I'm glad that we're going to see the full version that that Zach set out. And hopefully, you know, he, you know, hearing people shit on Ben Affleck and his last portrayal, that it wasn't great. Like, of course, that sucks to hear. So it's good to maybe that's another reason why he left the film with all the the the, the, the negative feedback. Maybe it just got to him in the end. So it's good to see that he gets the, the final close out and to hear that he's going to be in the Flash. I think just adds like a, a, a perfect touch to, to close his little Batman reign out. And that's that leads me really well into my number three for my top three. And that's a brand new Batman. I'm looking forward to the Batman panel as my number three, Matt Reeves Batman, because it is a brand new Cape Crusader. And we're going to see him in the suit. We're going to see him in action. We saw some still screens and leaked photos from the set, but that doesn't compare to a teaser or a trailer watching it live and i think we're going to get that i think robert pattinson's going to be one of the guests that's going to stop by obviously i don't think they're going to have a batman panel without the friggin batman himself uh, and i really look forward to to that movie it's new it's fresh and as much as i honestly and actually did like ben affleck in the role the movies that he has been in have not spoken to me yet while i have hope for Zack snyder's justice league right now that movie doesn't exist right now we have BVS and we have the Justice League as we know it. So, and, and again, and he made a little cameo in Suicide Squad, which was banging. But until this Zack Snyder's movie comes out, Ben Affleck doesn't get the credit he may deserve for what he brings to that role. I'm looking forward to a new Batman, and that is right now Robert Pattinson. Give me the Batman panel as my number three. And I'm just going to lump my two and one together because it's so obvious. It's the games. Uh, my number two would be the Batman game from WB Montreal. I am really, really looking forward to what comes next for the Cape Crusader there. Go figure. My three and my two are both Batman specific. But my number one, the Suicide Squad game reveal. Rocksteady is a top tier developer, one of the best in the entire world. To me, the quality of their games could be up there even with a naughty dog. So for for them to be doing a Suicide Squad game and not just another Batman game really breathes fresh air into the superhero gaming landscape. The other game that you can play the villain is Lego DC supervillains or whatever it's called, where you're playing as little Lego jokers and Harley Quinn's to have a triple a dark, you know, hopefully disturbing game where I play as characters. I don't have so much exposure to, to potentially kill rescue harm, whatever kidnap the members of the fucking justice league, man, that has so much promise. I hope they just make it a single story-driven game and not blow it out like they're doing with Marvel's Avengers. Don't make it some online, living, breathing world. No one gives a fuck. We don't want it. We just want our 20, 30-hour game where we can play, have fun, get out, and move on to the next great game. I cannot wait for these reveals. I've been waiting years and years and years for Rocksteady and the next Batman game, and we're getting them both in one day? Holy flipping jumping. I am so hyped for this event. And you know me, 
I'm not the biggest DC guy in the world. So I am 10 out of 10 hyped for this event. I I knew the two games were going to be on your top three that had to be. Yeah, and really I was gamer. and and you know what, floating back and forth and keeping the just Zack Snyder's Justice League off my list was was a tough call. But at the end of the day, I went with the new as opposed to the retooled and remade. Now, don't get me wrong, Zack Snyder's Justice League is going to feel like a new movie, but it's only existing because the fir- if the first one was marginally good, the Snyder Cut probably wouldn't exist at least to the hype that it is. Um, Joss Whedon's version would have been just fine and they would have moved on. But because it was what it was, it makes it a really special thing. So it was tough. It was a tough call. I went with the new, though, the the, the Robert Pattinson version. But that's DC fandom. We did 55. We did an hour. It's we're, we're 49, 59 minutes and 52 seconds into the show. We just did an hour. I hope that was enough for everybody because we still. Yeah, have a- I, I think we did that. Now we can kind of. Hopefully not keep everybody here too, too long, but we have still got some good stories. Full show to go through. Listen, it wouldn't be episode 200 if it wasn't long. That's the least we could do is give these guys and and gals that listen to us a longer episode. It's been a while, but maybe we'll go through these stories quickly. Who knows? We don't have a ton of news, but what we do have is pretty big. There's a couple of juicy ones. There's the first one we have. Listen, this is something you alluded to when you were talking about uh, the Justice League, Zack Snyder's Justice League panel. You had mentioned Ben Affleck coming back in the Flash film. Let's talk a little bit more about that. It's just a few hours ago it was confirmed that Ben Affleck will be reprising his role as Batman for the upcoming Flash film. You know, it, it, it's, it's kind of been talked about. I think I even was kind of hoping that it was it was the case, and, and it looks like, bam, it is. Ben Affleck, it, it looks like, has agreed to return as Batman and star in the Flash film along with Michael Keaton. So, I mean, if that doesn't get you hype, I don't know what will. But I also would like to think that you say star, and I don't I don't necessarily think they're going to be starring. I think it's going to be more of like supporting. Oh, okay. Let me take out a star and appear in the Flash film. Yeah. I'll, I'll take out the word star. Yeah, because I just do. I think that, that they do have two different connotations and, and meanings. And I, I think like, well, let's say this movie is two hours long. Let's just call it two hours, whatever. What would you be satisfied with of screen time with Affleck and Keaton? Would you be com- like combined 20 minutes? Is that enough? No, I, I mean, I don't even think you need too much. You just need a couple for the flashpoint. You just need a couple key moments. You know, I would say you need at least like five, 10 ish minutes. Yeah. You can get the job done for the uninitiated. One more time. And you, you've done it in previous episodes. Give us a really high level overview of what. The flashpoint is all about. I, I mean, I don't even kind of want to say it because I, I I really want people to be surprised. I mean, obviously, if you read the book or if you watch the animated movie, you, you know how it turns out. You, you, maybe they twist a couple things, and there's just a couple key moments that I know that if they bring to the table, I know at the end of it, I'm going to be crying like a little schoolgirl. So let's just say it's not your typical Batman universe. Things are flipped on their head. Would you? Would you? Oh yeah, it, it's it's a lot different than what think gotham is now i'll just say that i i really want to keep i want people if you haven't seen it i really hope you stay away and, and be surprised and then after and then you check out the animated movie because it is fantastic does ben affleck coming back as batman take a little shine off of pattinson especially this close to- no, no no see i i think it's great like i don't know i feel like i can live in a world where i can have okay here's ben affleck is my batman here here's robert pattinson oh look at they're doing a new animated movie it's it's whether it's um, Kevin Conroy or it's it's someone else, I'm like I'm still there for him because I'm still there in the end. My love for Batman is still 
he can be portrayed by three, four actors at the same time, I can kind of separate a little bit and kind of just dive in and appreciate it for what it is. Listen, we do it with the Joker. You know, Joaquin Phoenix is not going to be DC's Joker for any other property, basically, outside of his own And I'm fine with that. Franchise. And that's what I said from you. I, I think we both said from, like, the beginning, like, I'm okay for that one and done. He was good. I loved it. I'm ready for someone else. Or, obviously, before the Joker, I would love them to do another villain of course but if they're going to do the joker i'd rather be someone new but that's that's just the the logic and i mean like the principle of that whole thing of if you can have multiple jokers hell any dc animated fan there's different voice actors almost every movie a lot of times that that you know batman has a different voice actor or you know the same characters you know officer gordon whatever they're voiced by different people in so many different projects and you can live with that it's the same premise you're just kind of transferring that over into a live action stance. So I hope that people can get past, Oh, he's not my Batman. Cause we're going to hear that. Um, I hope it's muted. I hope it's, it's a low, you know, minority of the fan base saying and, that. And, and, and people always got to remember, you know, Pattinson is the younger version of Batman. Affleck is the veteran. He's the one that's been around for years. That's been hardened. So it's like, as long as you can kind of separate the two, you're going to be fine. And just, you're, just enjoy. You're getting another version of Gotham City. I'm just thinking of it that Robert Pattinson just ages incredibly well that he grows up to look like Ben Affleck. Dude, I think he's a great actor. He, he, just like when Heath Ledger was cast as the Joker, even I was shocked, like kind of hated on it, and he blew us all away. I can see Pattinson doing the same exact thing because people just think Twilight, and you forget that this guy can actually act. So I'm I'm really hyped for this movie. Listen, Heath Ledger, he's the real deal, man. He did Ten Things I Hate About You. He did A Knight's Tale. There were some fucking good movies. Let's go, uh, baby. Yo, yo, you yo, he was in a lot of um. Was uh, you said A Knight's Tale? Yeah, he was in A Knight's Tale. He was. Yeah, he, he was, he was great. Knight. Like I, that, that was a classic. I really do enjoy that movie, by the way. Really, honestly, do I haven't? And, I haven't and, watched and, it. And uh, honestly, I loved Imagination of Doctor Parnassus. His last film, he only shot, I think. Like 60% of it, I, I actually thought it was one of his best. Wow, there you go. Uh, the Batman, speaking of the Caped Crusader, will resume production in September in good old London, England, and we got the official logo ahead of the fandom. And I, I liked that the logo was a little bit different. It was a little bit unique. It kind of stands on its own with the... I just thought it was perfect. You know, like, yeah, of course you're going to get your haters or people to say some things, but again, I thought it was different. They stood on their own two feet. It was good to know we got a date. They got, you know, whatever, 30, 40% of the film left to shoot. Let's go. It was very pointy, very straight line. There wasn't a lot yeah, of curve. It, it looked to like it. a bat flying towards it. It, it, to me, it, it. it just seemed very simple, a little adjustment. I thought it was okay. Yeah, I'm I completely fine with it. There wasn't, um, I mean, it's not like it's the huge, you know, the largest change in the history of logos. No, no, not, not at all. I it, think I, it, it was perfect. I think it brings the the logo and kind of the character into 2020 pretty well. I, I think it was a really effective logo. So really nice job yeah. there. The Exorcist is getting rebooted. They say 2021. I, I don't know, you know, if that's still going to be on track given the pandemic. But, um, you know, horror movies, you can kind of, you know, fling them out. But this is. This is a classic film that they're going to be touching for the first time. Uh, I know there were some really bad sequels to, to this movie. It is still the one horror movie I will not watch after my first viewing because she just fucks me up. That face just kills me. Um, but another horror reboot. I really hope this doesn't kind of take the polish off the original. 
Yeah, I mean, hey, I've seen The Exorcist. It definitely wasn't, it's not my type of movie, and it's not something I look forward to go seeing again. But hey, for all you horror fans, I'm glad that you get another one. Hopefully it's good. Hopefully they don't just shit on the classics. So good luck. Uh, it's, it's just all about. I, I, I'm more worried about the next film than I am of The Exorcist. Yeah, it's all about, I think it, I think her name's Tegan. I cannot remember the, the main character's name, but it's all about how she looks in the makeup or whatever they're going to do. I hope it's not CG. I hope it's prosthetic makeup like in the 70s. But if she doesn't look villainous, terrifying, horrifying, and just flat out demon shit scary, they're going to blow this. And I just, I really hope. But I also get scared by that. And I don't want to look at it. So I'm going to pass. Kevin Hart and Will Smith have been confirmed to rebooting planes, trains, and automobiles. If there ever was a film that I thought would not ever be remained, I, th- I think this is on the list. So I, I really, I, I don't like it. I, I it's a shame because I like both actors, but I really wish they kind of left this film alone. To be honest, that that's just my honest opinion. See, now I think Kevin Hart is the most overrated person in Hollywood, if not the, then one of the most overrated actors in Hollywood. So as soon as he's attached to a project, I am immediately turned off. He could be rebooting that thing you do. And I'd be fucking out. I, I, it's just, by the way, good idea to reboot that thing you do with like a hip hop feel. That'd be pretty cool. But anyway, uh, yeah, Kevin Hart, not my cup of tea. I like Will Smith, but he just plays Will Smith in every movie. So, uh, you know, there's that. He'll just be Will Smith in, in planes, trains and automobiles. But Again, for the fans of that, the original, look forward to the remake. Give it a chance to see the footage and then, like us, bail out quick. Olivia Wilde will direct a female-led Marvel film and methinks it's a Spider-Man film, given her tweet with a spider emoji. Yeah, and I think that's what everyone thought. I thought exactly what I thought. I thought, like, you know, I don't know nothing about Marvel, so you can't ask me anything. And that's just the honest truth of something she said. I like Olivia Wilde. I think she's a great actress. And she's already proven herself that she can direct and she knows what she's doing. So I'll give her a chance. Uh, what is Spider-Gwen, do you think? Well, she, I thought she was directing the film. No, I'm saying, like, is that the movie? Uh, yeah, to me, though, I, I, it had to be Spider-Gwen. That's the first person that I, or the first, like, movie I would think she would direct. It's not going to be a movie just around MJ? I mean, I, I, I wouldn't think so. I don't think they would go that route. I think you go to Spider-Man, you go to your home run, and to me, that's a known one. What if you just called it MJ, and that was it? And we don't even know it's a I, Spider-Man I mean, people time. would probably still see it because you're going to get more, but I think you would rather, you'd, you'd trust Spider-Gwen, trust everyone's hype off Miles Morales and loving Spider-Gwen. I think that's, like I said, that's the Until she announced that it was, well, not announced, until she put that spider emoji tweet out, I thought it had a chance to be that like female, that all female scene in Avengers Endgame. I thought it and had it a chance have been, to be that, like, and, and that would have been fantastic. I would have been all for like, wow, okay, you're gonna have a super team. I'm, I'm in for that. Yeah, maybe this is just getting Spider Gwen in there. I to mean, lead dude, that you charge. never know. It could be that could have been just a tease to throw you off. We don't really know. Well, no, I, I think no, no, no. I think that so in that I mean, scene, I'm just saying. I mean, we, we, you know, we don't really know shit. We just know what they say. But if they just said throw the spider, throw them off, and then we'll surprise them later when we announce it was really this. In the I mean, it's not too hard to figure out, but I'm just saying. In the scene in Endgame, I believe when all the females are there, that Peter Parker makes a really quick appearance too in that scene, or even he's just in that scene. So maybe that's like the we need the Spider-Man representation. So she makes the Spider-Gwen movie, and then she then joins that team in a sequel 
for the super team. And this is kind of just leading down that path. And then you could just take, you know, Spider-Man, replace him with Spider-Gwen. And then there's your big giant super team female heart or female movie. That could work. That could be a thing. Totally. It could be. Craven the Hunter has found its director in J.C. Shandor. I mean, his name doesn't ring a bell, but I, to me, I, I just great that they got a Craven Hunter finally got a director, and now we like, please like let us know who was going to play Craven because I know Jason Momoa wanted to play it. I think Joe Manganiello said he wanted to play it, so there's a lot of good actors that could potentially you know fit Craven's profile. Yeah, he is most well known for Triple Frontier, um, uh, a most violent year, all is lost. Um, margins, margin call, but he is, by the way, a New Jersey native, Morristown. Hello, Morristown, New Jersey. Well, it's good to hear his local stuff. I mean, hey, of, of course, I'm going to see this film no matter what, but get a local guy. I'm in. He also was nominated for an Academy Award in writing the original screenplay, so he's a talented writer. So that leads to good things for Craven the Hunter, uh, because God knows we need that movie to, to work. I, no, I want no, more exactly because it, we if we want to see Craven do good and we want to see more Spider-Man spinoffs and Sinister Six, we're going to need this one to do well. And just movies centered around villains in general, we need more of, of that. Of course, or just a, just another comic book movie, we need it to do well. In the TV section, the DCU originals, the DC universe, we were talking about this around the Stargirl conversation, uh, will migrate to HBO Max. Doom Patrol is already there. Harley Quinn is already there. I would imagine Titans, if not is already there, will be coming there very soon. Stargirl. Uh, so, you know, I think that this is the opportunity to revive Swamp Thing, given that you have now HBO Max instead of DC Universe, although they're all under the Warner Brothers and DC oh, no, umbrella. To me, that, 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 that's a must move. To me, <laughs> here's my advice. Get rid of DC Universe, save the eight bucks. Get HBO Max. Everything's there. Now you have more money. This will revive because CW is going to be on the Swamp Thing. Revive that, whether it's on the CW or you bring on HBO Max. You bring in Justice League Dark. DC basically takes over the TV space because you have basically every superhero that known on shows all over CW or HBO. To me, it seems like the only logical move. And DC Universe kind of was failing. I mean, let's just call it what it is. It They never announced ever once the subscriber base because they never wanted to. Because it was never impressive. Uh, and Titans, uh, you know, a good show. It didn't get enough eyes. They knew Doom Patrol had legs, so they moved it to HBO Max preemptively because the, it kind of put the writing on the wall that DC was in trouble. Stargirl was good. That was also simulcast on CW, though. So they didn't have faith that that show could move the app sales. And now, like you said, save your eight bucks because HBO Max has a lot of DC properties on there, too, from a movie perspective. So now, you know, you're 15 bucks. So it is a lot. It's more. But now you're getting so much more content than just the DC Universe stuff. You're getting all the things on HBO Max, like the all important The OC. Let's call it what it is. Phenomenal show. Uh, this is a no brainer. If you haven't had HBO max, you finally have a reason to, because that is a nice chunk of coin. And I can see you, I think we sent each other a text one time where it was like, there are millions of HBO subscribers that have not taken advantage of HBO max yet, like 15 million or something crazy like that. Um, this is an opportunity to finally put some good eyes on HBO max. Yeah, it needs it. And I, I feel like it, like, DC Universe just came in too late. You know, Netflix was already there. Amazon was there. Hulu. They were just late to the party. Yeah. 
This one's a big one for you. Jensen Ackles. He joins the cast for season three of The Boys before season two already even happens. So now you're looking forward to season three, uh, friggin' year plus away before season two even debuts. Yeah, like I'm already so hyped on season two. And now to get Jen Snackles, I've been a fan of him since he was in Smallville all them years ago for one season as Jason Teague. And then to be on Supernatural, and I've watched him since day one for 15 seasons. And they go back to actually go film their last, I think, three or four episodes that they had to do their series finale of 15 episodes. Um, you know, it's a guy who is not in like a lot of movies. He's really mainly TV. If you see him in movies, you've either seen him in Devour or you saw him in My Bloody Valentine, which is, is actually fantastic. Like, you definitely should see that movie. But for And I don't know really shit about the character on Boys, so I'm even extra excited to know that when he's leaving Supernatural, Eric Kripke, the creator of Supernatural, is bringing him along for the ride of The Boys. Sign me up, I'm in. The Boys has just so much force and has so many legs behind it that this show could be on for three, four more seasons and I wouldn't complain one damn bit. I cannot oh, no, wait for season two. I'm, I'm hoping that this show, this cast is phenomenal, and like this show's not going anywhere. Yeah, I'm gonna have to rewatch the season one finale before I watch season two. All right, just, just to get a refresher. Yeah, Swamp Thing will make its CW debut October sixth at eight p.m. They're giving it the prime time spot. I love that. I mean that, that that's perfect. Like this show deserves that. Like I, I this show was so it didn't get the love that it really did, and and it, yeah, it only they, sh- they had a short it. They really didn't have a finale. It happened, you know, it got canceled the last two or three episodes. They just cut, canceled, and th- this show is really, really underrated. Definitely deserved to be seen again. Hopefully, it gets revived. I really hope it gets the love and attention it deserves, and kind of will bring light or bring dark to the Justice League dark. So. This this post was our most liked post on social media this week. So people out there care. Um, Because it's it's really a good show. I mean, you you, watch the first episode. If that first episode don't win you over, then uh, I was wrong. But I I truly believe that first episode, it's not like anything really you've seen recently. One of our commenters had said that that – in watching the first episode, it really falls off a cliff towards the end. Do you agree that it loses some steam? I, I mean, I, I, I don't feel that. I, I was kind of in that show all, all the way through. I just wish I got to see more. I really, it, it, where they got to, I, I thought it was really cool. Does the R rating slash horror stuff, will that translate to CW or they have to do some editing? I think they, they, they should keep it. This day and age, you know, like, I, like I'd always said before, was Supernatural. Supernatural got away with a lot. Yeah, they were on a little bit later. I, I think that show just warm people up i think they're okay is there i i stopped after episode two or three is there language in there that that might be not suitable i mean there may there may be a cuss word here or there i don't i don't, I don't remember it being nothing you know nothing like you know too much or out of source or nothing like that yeah the duffer brothers has confirmed something we already figured but again never hurts to confirm it that season four of stranger things will not be the last we both believe it's season five uh, but this is just nice to know that no matter what happens this season, we're getting at least one more ride. Yeah, and, and as they, they said before, they I believe they planned it for five, and it looks like that's going to be the case, which is good. It's always good to like, okay, we get one more extra season. So that's good to know. And, and season four is a lot of hype and, and where they're going to go with that story of all the characters kind of like, or one of them moving away. We'll see what happens. So now let me take it over in gaming. 
We'll start off. We got a big review. I watched some gameplay, and I was I was impressed. Let's see how you felt about Battletoads. Twenty six years in the making, my friends. Twenty six years in the making, and it's an Xbox and PC exclusive. So that kind of sucks. Would have loved to have gotten this on all platforms, especially the Switch. I think it plays really perfectly for the Switch. But again, maybe later in life, who knows? But it is a rare published game. Rare is owned by Microsoft, hence the Xbox exclusivity. It is available on Game Pass. So if you don't want to buy it, just download it. Just give it a shot. After more than a quarter of a century in limbo, this new iteration of the legendarily difficult Battletoads takes everything that made the NES original memorable and reworks it into a friendlier, funnier beat-em-up. Entertaining characters with a great visual style, simple but rewarding combat and mini-games, and a rad soundtrack uh, make this a respectably enjoyable revival, with its most notable shortcomings being that enemy variety is a little slim and the story is over just too quickly. Edo. Correct, my friend. All right, that, that's, that's good to hear that they improved. Yeah, I haven't heard really a lot of bad things about this game. It did come out today, the day we record I, this. So. I believe the only negative thing I heard that there was no multiplayer or online. Um, there is three player co-op. I, I don't know if it's online or not. I'd imagine it is, especially with Xbox's infrastructure. And if it's not available out of the box, I'm sure it's coming in a patch. It has to. Yeah. I, th- I think that's what it's like. I, he was just a little upset that it wasn't that long. So it might be a little bit until they have. Yeah. I, th- I think that's what it was. It, it is definitely three player couch co-op. The problem with that is there's not many people on the same couch right now with the pandemic. So I get it. Um, but this is a game I cannot wait to, to dive into. The only issue is that it's an Xbox exclusive, and my Xbox is just, quite frankly, in the room I am never in. Um, so I very, very rarely turn on my Xbox. I have a second Xbox One. It's under my steps in my basement, and I can dust it off, hook it up to, to the big guy, and I can download it and play it. I, I'm just not there. And you would think I would after all of these years waiting, and when this game was revealed a few years ago, how hype I was on this very pod. But at the same time, now that it's here and I have to jump through leaps and bounds to play it, I'm going to wait. I I have a good feeling that this could end up on Switch in a year or so with the relationship Microsoft has with Nintendo, Cuphead, Ori. There's a lot of stuff happening with that partnership that I really, truly think could make sense. And if it sells well enough or plays well enough on Game Pass, hell, Cuphead just came to PS4, so that isn't technically out of the realm. It it probably is because it's a rare published game, but because it's developed by an indie studio, um, nothing is impossible. So yeah, it's, it's tough. Maybe they get a different publisher for the PS4 part since it is an indie developer who's not owned by Xbox. That, that is a possibility. So I'm going to hold out hope that this game eventually comes to other platforms that I have more accessibility to. And then I cannot wait to give it a shot because I've heard nothing but positive things. And it looks, I watched about 15, 20 minutes. It just looks stunning. That's good. That's good to hear. Yeah. Our favorite, we got the July MPD. NPD, for those who do not know, if you're new to the pod, we do this every month. We go through the top 20 best-selling games of the month. This one, again, for July. They usually release them around the third week of the following month. So in the middle of August, we'll get Julys, this, that, and the other. They need time to collect the data, sort, count. You pack them, 
and you ship them. Uh, we do the top 20 now. What this does not include are Nintendo digital sales, which would probably pump up. Oh, I would imagine it has to help. Some of them. I mean, there's some pretty crazy Nintendo exclusives on here, even in July 2020, when there is no real Nintendo exclusive happening at this moment. But number 20, Call of Duty Black Ops 3, somehow, some way, is in the top 20 best-selling games. Assassin's Creed Odyssey at 19. Marvel Spider-Man at 18. You know Miles Morales got a lot of people to buy that game. I'll tell oh, yeah. You. Need for Speed Heat um, at, what's that, 20, 19, 18, 17, 16, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, 15, MLB The Show 20, 14, New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe. It is his 35th birthday, uh, so maybe people are in the mood for Mario. Uh, next is Rainbow Six Siege, followed by Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. That's pretty cool. Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is followed by Minecraft, but specifically the PS4 edition. Sword Art Online comes in at number, what's that, 11? Something like that. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Yeah, 10 or 11. Smash Bros. Ultimate. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. uh, Mortal Kombat 11. Ring Fit Adventure. Animal Crossing New Horizons at 5. 4, The Last of Us Part 2. 3, Paper Mario, The Origami King, 2, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, and number 1, Ghost of Tsushima. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that Ghost is 1 and that Last of Us is, is in the top 5. So that, that is great to hear. But and, – And no Grand Theft Auto? I'm very shocked at that, that it didn't make the top 20. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that that's great. It, it deserves not to be on the top 100, so that's music to my ears. You know it what? Is my fa- it is my favorite MPD. But you know what I'm doing is I am uh, at this moment Googling July 2020 NPD uh, just to confirm it because it sounds so weird that it didn't make it that I'm just going to another website real quick to make sure. Let's see. Top 20. Well, holy shit. We have a month without GTA. That is crazy. Uh, July is my favorite MPD month we've ever done. So that's music. <laughs> Seriously, I, I love it. It, 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 it. They're making a new one. Relax. Next up, we got Skyward Sword on Switch. We spot it on Amazon. It was really weird. I was going through Amazon, and uh, I saw in the UK Amazon shop. I personally wasn't going through Amazon. Like I... I was going through Twitter. Yeah, I should you know, say. Greg likes to look on the UK for Amazon. Yeah, right. He, he finds good deals. I was looking through Twitter and I saw somebody post a screenshot of Skyward Sword on Switch, you know, and I was like, that's fucking fake. So I went on Amazon.uk or .co.uk. I can't remember which one. And I went to the Breath of the Wild. I'm sorry, the Breath of the Wild, the Skyward Sword for Switch page. And there it was. And it's really, really weird. Um, could be a coincidence. Could be fake. Could be a leak. Could be a lot of different things. Thought there could have been a Nintendo Direct this week. They announced something in Indie World, but they did not do a Direct. I thought that was going to be a good possibility that the Direct was coming this week. Uh, Jeff Grubb said that something was happening before the 22nd. I guess he wasn't wrong because the Indie World presentation happened. So, you know, another one that he gets right. But Skyward Sword is the only 3D Zelda that has not been remade in HD yet. It was on the Wii. It's the least selling from the franchise. A lot of people have a big problem with its linearity and its motion controls. I think its motion controls can be done on the Switch with the Joy-Con. I just think people are completely over motion controls in 2020. So I think that they could have and would have found a way to make them 
to at least remove the motion or do something to God forbid. I don't ever want to, I don't want to detach my joy con. I want to play the goddamn game handheld. So hopefully they do something around that. Hell, I hope it's even real. It's the only legend of Zelda game. I've never played a single second of. So I actually do have interest in this. Should it be real? I'm just not hundred percent sure because it has not been, you know, confirmed yet by Nintendo because they haven't said shit about anything in fucking forever. Jesus, let's go. I, I, I hope it's real because give it a second chance. Give it a second go. Being the worst, you kind of want to redeem yourself. So I kind of hope it's real. The crazy thing about this game was it went came out on the Wii, which sold over 100 million you know, consoles. Yet this is like the worst selling Zelda game, which when it had the highest install base. You know anything, Sam. If you know anything about Nintendo in this generation, their slogan should be just put it on Switch and it'll sell. So, uh. I think if yeah. they do this, you're right. This game is going to get a big-time second wind. Yeah, definitely. How about Ghost of Tsushima just keeps getting better and better? They're going to add a free multiplayer to this game yeah. coming this year. Yeah. I saw that and kind of read that twice. I was like, wait, what? Did, did I read that twice? And yeah, they, they are. And that's again, this is a game like I, I know that I'm going to pick up. Yeah, they just it's only a matter of time. They just want you to be happy. Hey, listen, we know we didn't announce it. We know that uh we were gonna be a single player only story driven campaign, but you guys have had the game for over a month now. Here you go. Let's just drop this crazy news out of nowhere that we're just gonna give you free multiplayer. Now I'm not a multiplayer gamer, and multiplayer doesn't necessarily speak to me from the heavens. But what is really, really cool about this is A, the price tag, B just the thought of samurai multiplayer. Something strikes me about that, and I'm kind of hyped. Yeah, definitely. Sports story has been delayed. I only say this because I love golf story so much. It was my number three game yeah. of the year in 2017, and this was going to be the much anticipated follow up, and it got delayed. And it and and in true comedy golf story fashion, it had a delay trailer. It wasn't a release trailer. Oh, wow. It was a delay trailer. And they said, welcome to the delay of well, sports at, stories. At least they had fun with it. They did. And then they they went on to like say, yeah, you know what else is going to be delayed? This and this and this. And they started naming things from the game that we can see during the game. And it was pretty cool to like tell us what's coming, but also that it's not coming right now. I thought it was yeah, really clever. That, that, that's cool. They, they, you know, I had some fun with it. They, you can appreciate that. They let me down easy. That's what they Yeah, did. exactly. They put, put a pillow down for you. Indie World Presentations, we got the recap. Uh, kind of. Like this, I was super hyped for it because I, <laughs> I, loved, I love indies so much. I love playing indie games. I yeah. love playing games on my Switch and especially indie games. So like... I was really, really excited. I was hoping for a Silk Song. I was hoping for Super Meat Boy Forever. You know, I was hoping for a lot of cool things. And and for me, man, this thing just swung and a miss. Like, yeah, complete. I, I, had, I had a feeling it just it just wasn't wasn't your cup of tea. If if in the middle of a pandemic, when I am horny, that's right, horny for news, uh, and just and just ornery, I'm like a little, you know, for for gaming shit. And this didn't do it for me. You know it wasn't good. <laughs> like no, no, no. I agree that that's a problem. Now, 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 a lot of people are saying this was a really good presentation. I'm not a top-down kind of styled type. I like platformers. I like you know. I don't like puzzle games. I don't like stuff like that as, as much. So 
I, you know, there weren't just, there just were not a lot of games that spoke to me in this, except for, you know, their one last thing, which I was really hoping for something new. And really all it was, was Untitled Goose Game is getting free multiplayer. Uh, so you can be two geese on the lease. I'm excited about that. But A, I don't have any friends. B, we're in the middle of a pandemic. And C, Untitled Goose Game, while rad, while rad, isn't everyone's cup of tea anymore. So like to end it in August with that, it would have been great last year. It would have been great earlier this year as like a cool announcement. But that game has kind of lost its steam a little bit. And uh, I just don't think it was a very effective ending. So that's kind of my thoughts on the whole presentation. It's 23 minutes. You know, go check it out. Make out make the uh, the 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 call for yourself. This just well, there wasn't in there even for a diehard indie Nintendo fan like me. There just wasn't much in there. Uh, shame. The 2020 Call of Duty game has been announced, and weirdly now might confirm the existence of the Super Mario remasters. Exactly, and, and you're asking yourself, what the hell? Like, the way you even said that, like, what the hell is this guy doing trying to connect these dots? Well, I'll feed you, baby birds. Uh, number one, the new Call of Duty game has been announced. It'll be Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Um, so cool, we're getting more Black okay. Ops. But the Cold War is at least a cool setting that really isn't done very often, so I can appreciate that. But Call of Duty, that's not the story for me here. The story for me here is the following Twitter exchange. Andy Robinson from, I want to say Video Game Chronicle from VGC. I'm pretty sure that's where he he writes. And I'm sorry if he does not, uh, if I got the outlet wrong. But regardless, Andy Robinson, when this was announced, went to Twitter and he posted screenshots of three articles that he wrote between, I want to say like January or February and May of this year detailing guess what i have a scoop i have a leak call of duty's next game is going to be call of duty black ops cold war like he knew that he got that on the nose yeah, he, he, he knew something six three to six months in advance this guy was writing stories around that well back in march guess who was the guy who really leaked and confirmed the existence of the mario remaster him andy robinson the same guy so he has gained a ton of credibility in my book for nailing this announcement. And I don't think he would have written a whole story about these Mario remasters and saying they're real, knowing that he know that he got the call of duty stuff, right? If this wasn't real, I just continue you're, to think you're praying. It's real, Greg. I, I, I hope it, I hope it's real. I just have to think at this point, it's a matter of time because the, the guy wouldn't make this shit up and potentially harm his credibility when he just inflated his credibility by nailing a Call of Duty leak three to six months ahead of time. Like this guy does have contacts, absolutely. And so, no, no, he, you're right. He definitely, there's definitely an inside man. He knows somebody because hey, that 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 much you got to give him credit. We well, got to know more than one person because Call of Duty is not on a Nintendo platform. So he's got to know the right people. But I trust that if he knows somebody within the Activision umbrella to get Call of Duty news that he knows somebody in Nintendo who gave him the scoop. And, and it just so happened to be on the 35th anniversary of Mario. So, you know, I I got to say that this gives me a little bit of hope when I started. I've been getting really down and glum about this and starting to lose faith that this is real. But 
this is happening in my opinion. So I think it's only a matter of time. I'm, I'm really hyped. And it, it also looks like Prince of Persia remake and the Tony Hawk remasters are coming to Nintendo switch. Yeah. The Prince of Persia remakes interesting because it's not announced yet. Nobody knows what the hell this is, but Max uh, did put out a listing for this game, not giving any idea of, you know, what it is or, you know, which Prince of Persia game is being remastered, but it's coming to PS4 and Switch, not Xbox. So when you don't include Xbox and you've been right before on listings, it does lend credibility that this will exist. And as for Tony Hawk, the demo came out recently. Uh, as you know, it came out last week to all those who digitally pre-ordered. And because people are who they are, they dug into the source code of this, found not only the Nintendo Switch in the code, but the button controller layout for three different types of Nintendo Switch controllers, not just the Pro Controller, which is usable on the PC. There's Joy-Con and there's handheld controls, meaning that there's a full there's a full switch thing happening here. EA, or I'm sorry, not EA. Activision, who is behind the Tony Hawk remasters with Vicarious Visions developing. Vicarious Visions, guess what? What else they did? They did the Crash Insane trilogy. Guess what came to Switch a year after it came out? The Crash Insane trilogy. So Tony Hawk, the same exact developer and publisher, it makes sense. No, you're just connecting the dots. I mean, yeah, I would imagine 100% this is going to happen. Just be patient. And and again, it was in the freaking code. So yeah, that's it. It's, I, it's done. I don't expect it, you know, coming soon. I think it'll probably be next year ported over to the Switch. We'll see it in like a March yeah. Nintendo yeah. Direct or something like that. That, hey, it's coming. But you know what? That's two weeks in a row that an Activision property is coming, you know, rumored to be coming to Switch with Crash 4. It's about time last week, and now Prince of Persia and Tony Hawk remake coming to Switch. Guess what? I'll just rebuy it. I will buy it twice. That is not. I'm not above doing. Yeah, it. that 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 does not surprise me. Sam, for our special episode 200, what is your CGC spotlight this week? Actually, this week I did not declare the book that I thought I was going to. I'm going to wait to do that one, but this one until I do my my new purchase. You know, this is, you know, not, not the blink an eye app, but this is Batman 227, 9.0 off-white white pages. It's a Detective Comics 31 cover homage. If you know that cover, that was done, Detective Comics 31, uh, cover done by Bob Kane, classic cover. This is a classic cover, hanging panels. It's a Robin backup story. Daniel O'Neill, rest in peace, and Mike Frederick stories. Irv Novak, Dick Ordano, and Mike Esposito art. And, of course, the classic Neil Adams, classic cover of Batman hovering over the castle with a guy with it looks like dogs or wolves chasing a woman. It's a beautiful cover, tough book to get in, in higher grade. I'll definitely send you the picture over. came out in December 1970. Um, <clears throat> there's actually nine nine-eights on the centers. I was totally shocked. Did not think they had any. Excuse me. They're at 18 96s, 51 94s, 43 92s, and 78 90s. So to me, that's kind of why my goal in this book was to get it in a 90 because, you know, a 90 and better, I feel like there wasn't too many graded total. There was 1,090 graded. So I felt like if, you're, if you want to get it, you know, the book to, to be valuable or hopefully, you know, rise in value, you want to at least try to hit the 90 mark. Last 90 sold, I think, it was last month for 1,200. 
So it's good to see there. I think this book with Neil Adams cover classic tech 31. I don't think this is going anywhere. This one, you have two stories. The first one, the demon of Gothos mansion. Alfred receives a letter from his niece, Daphne says she is a teacher at children at Gothos mansion. But if he thinks something's fishy, should so he basically sends Batman after it. it kind of sounds like Scooby-Doo. I don't know. The second story, help me. I think I'm dead. Robin saves a youth from a chemical accident and becomes basically involved in a political industrial pollution. So that's that little Robin pinup story they noted from the beginning. Um, to me, uh, Neil Adams kind of helped Batman comics in the 70s, kind of what, late 70s, 70s going in to kind of bring Batman on the map of being the best seller that he is because, you know, sales back then kind of dipped and, you know, comic eventually crashed and all that kind of stuff. But I felt like if you're a Batman fan, Batman 227 is definitely on your list. You definitely want to pick it up. So it's the spotlight of the week, Batman 227. Oh, I thought you were going to give us an, like a issue 200 of something just to, just to drive home the fact that this is episode two. Well, that's why, you know, I did a 227. So, you know, I didn't have 222. It would have been cool. 200 would have been cool, but I do know the cover, but at least it's in the 200. Going back to something you said at the beginning, you said uh, a, a homage. Would that be H O M A G E? Oh, that I, that I meant to say homage. Homage, but that's oh, a- I Dude, I, I do it every time. <laughs> yeah. I cover how yeah, I do it every time. <laughs> You're it, about it, to do it, it again. Yeah, it, 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 that's that's what I, I think of. I, I don't use the, you know, pronounce it, I guess, correctly. I'm, I'm sorry. The French call it a certain, I don't know what. Uh, all right, dude, that was episode 200. Before we sign off, what do you want to say to our, our longtime listeners, our new listeners, our friends, our fans, our family, for sticking no, with I, us for the ride? I mean, what I just want to say is whether you kind of jumped on it, one, two, 50, 100, 200 now, I mean, we, we can't thank you enough for taking the time to, to listen to two schmucks from Philadelphia when there's, you know, millions of millions of podcasts that you can actually do. And, you know, you come to us with your, you know, whether it's gaming, music, TV, comic, you know, anything like that under the sun that, that we talk about. And you stick around and you, you comment, you send us DMs and you leave reviews on, you know, iTunes and, and CastBox and all that stuff. I mean, to me, like, we truly can't thank you enough from the bottom of our heart. You know, all the bonus episodes, we hope that you like me. We, we hope that it, our, our passion kind of rubs off on you and, you know, you get to go do something that you wanted to do, something that you always wanted to do because I never thought any of this was possible. I never thought to, to meet, you know, members of my favorite bands that I listened to for years and, and everyone under the sun that we, that we had the pleasure to talk to. I just, you know, can't thank you enough for being along for this ride and, and hopefully we have a couple more in us to, Keep you guys entertained. Cheers. Sam, I won't add anything else. That was so perfectly well said that I'll just say thank you to everybody. And and that was episode 200. We will see you next week for episode 200. Also, don't forget, start binging Lucifer. It's available now. Hey!